All right. Want to go ahead and read the thing? Yeah. In the last few days of 1937, a California tourist named Lewis Hammond brought a 21-pound chunk of quartz rock to Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. He'd found it in a swamp near the Chowan River in North Carolina, he explained to the bemused anthropology department, and there were carved marks that looked like English writing, specifically like the style of English stone carving seen on tombstones and grave markers from the Elizabethan era. The message itself was equal parts vague and specific. On one side, it requested any Englishman who saw the message to bring the stone to a man named John White, governor of Virginia. On the other was a rambling tale of misery, war, sickness, and murder, including the slaying of a four-year-old named Virginia Dare. It was signed E.W.D. Eleanor White Dare. The discovery of what has become known as the Hammond Stone sparked an outpouring of interest in what had been an unremarkable story of a failed colony off the coast of what is now North Carolina on the Atlantic coast of the United States. Because this particular colony had been well-funded and supported by Queen Elizabeth I's government, there were records, reports, correspondence, maps, and drawings. Throughout the past hundred years, the story of the Lost Colony has slowly come into focus, first as a brave band of English settlers striving to bring Englishness to the New World, and more recently as an example of all the ways in which the European settlers tried and failed to find their place in the complex politics and economies of the Native Americans who had lived in the area for thousands of years. On this episode of Relative Disasters, the story of the Lost Colony of Roanoke Island. Welcome to Relative Disasters, the show where my brother and I manage our existential dread by talking about terrible and interesting historical events and their context, implications, and any related sidebars we feel like discussing. I'm Ella, your host for this episode. And I'm her brother Greg, co-host for this episode. Today we're talking about the lost colony of Roanoke Island, which is a very strange American settlement story. Um, yep. We'll put settlement in quotes because they did they not, did not do so much they... settle. Yeah, yeah. They vanished is what they did. Um, they lacked success in their endeavor. But uh, our main source for this episode is a variety of articles on Roanoke Island and then there are a lot of books written about this, and if you're really interested, I would advise you to be aware that many books written about Roanoke Island are written with a viewpoint or a theory in mind. Yeah. Somebody thinks they knew what happened. Somebody yep. thinks they definitely understand the whole. Anyway, yep. it's it's hard to to get from that kind of writing into the um, like actual or closer Factual to the historical. History. Yeah, because there are yeah, documents. Have... This is a, yeah. a story that you can research. I, I love those books that come out that are like, you know, some dude who is just, uh, I've totally figured out who Jack the Ripper actually was. It's it's like that style of things. Absolutely. Only this no. is more. Only there are actual records for this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our main source for this, sorry for that sidebar, but our main source for this episode is a book called The Head in Edward Nugent's Hand by M.L. Oberg. I think that's Michael Leroy Oberg. It is a really that... good book. That might be my favorite title for a while, yeah. Solid sure. research. 
I enjoyed it. All right. So the story of the Lost Colony begins with Queen Elizabeth I and Sir Walter Raleigh. Uh, Walt. Yeah. A dynamic duo. (laughs) Yeah. And it begins all the way back in 1585 when the Queen sent Sir Ralph Lane to the Atlantic coast of what her government was calling the New World to establish a permanent settlement on Raleigh's charter. Okay. And she did this because the French and the Spanish were already there. So they have French kind of settlement going on to the north. They have Spanish settlement going on to the south. And Elizabeth really wants England to have a piece, and she wanted it named after her, which is why we have a state called Virginia right in the middle of the east coast of what is now the United States. Yes. Now, this expedition was a mess. Uh, Sir Ralph and Sir Richard, his uh, co-leader, Sir Richard Mm -hmm. Granville, they were constantly arguing. Yeah, they didn't get along, did they? (laughs) They couldn't figure out who was really in charge because it was Sir Ralph's job description but sir richard yep. was walter raleigh's cousin i think so they're both uh, like listen this is my project i'm gonna yep. call the shots anyway it's a bad start yeah uh to make the bad start worse they had several okay. ships with them and the one carrying the food ran aground on an <laughs> island off the outer banks and was completely lost so no food i mean yeah that tends to ruin your colony right away doesn't it and i want to tell you when i started looking into the story there were way more pirates than i thought there were going to be really okay uh, so one of their ships drops off 100 passengers to start this colony and then mm-hmm. goes off to do some privateering you guys don't need me do you i'll be in the caribbean <sighs> okay murdering and robbing <laughs> yep yep just you know have fun Call me when you're ready to go or oh, don't. Man. And when go. they do find a good place. Okay. So they're wandering around kind of on these islands and these are not friendly islands. So they're, they're no. surrounded by these channels with heavy currents. Um, they're yep. prone to tides. They're hard to navigate because they're full of shoals and reefs. Yeah. And they've never been there before. And they've you know? never been there and do not know anything about the area. <laughs> we can't forget that. We're back to that familiar theme of relative disasters. Colonization ruins, ruins everything. Everything. Yep. This was a race to see who could get their flags planted faster at this point. Exactly. Right? And who could okay. stay alive long enough to keep the claim going, basically. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So they're looking for a good place to build a permanent encampment, and they find one on Roanoke Island. So that Roanoke is Island is already inhabited. Yeah. The area that they choose for a fort it neighbors a village of Aguascotoc people. Those are an Algonquin tribe, a Carolina Algonquin tribe. Okay. And Sir Richard and Sir Ralph, who can't get along with each other, also can't get along with the people who already live there. Shocked. Shocked I am. They try to set up some kind of a trading relationship. Of course, there's a okay. language and a culture barrier. Sure. Yep. And Sir Richard cannot help looting and burning this village. Oh, come on, man. After a cup goes missing and he believes it has been stolen. Of course. So it's that kind of a sure. colony. Yeah. No, we get it. We get it. And I just want to sidebar here. The English and the other Europeans who are coming to the New World at this time, the quote unquote New yeah. World, they're seeing North America as an uninhabited wilderness. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And there is, of course, an enormous cultural and 
linguistic divide between Sir Ralph's group and the people already living in the Outer Banks. And mm-hmm. as I said, these are the southern tribes of the Algonquin people, including the Pamlico, the Weapomac, the Tuscarora, and many others. And what links them together is that they're all speaking dialects of the language that scholars call Carolina Algonquin. Yep. They're not necessarily one No, they're not a unified group, yeah. They're groups that interact. But they can at least talk to each other. (laughs) They fight, they intermarry, they Mm -hmm. move around. They're mobile people, and they are not at all what the English are expecting to find. Mm -hmm. So they have the same kind of social structures that the English do in England. So they, obviously, they live in families, they farm and fish, they have towns, they interact violently at times over land and resources. Sure. They yep. have an incredibly sophisticated economy. So there are, there are a lot of similarities between the existing social structure, the existing economy, um, mm-hmm. the existing culture, like what's going on during this, during this time of colonization. Right. Um, the problem is it looks so different to the English that they can't see the Algonquin even as equals, much less no. the people who already live there have custody of the land who know how to survive because this is not the easiest place to keep yourself alive. Yeah. Uh, So that leads to the village burning. Yeah. And the retaliation of the Aguascotec warriors against the English is the ambush and murder of some of the colonists and the expulsion Mm -hmm. of the others from their fort on Roanoke Island. And it takes about a year to get to that point. Okay. Ralph Lane's colony fails for a number of reasons, but the big one is that he and the government actually see this project as a military one. So they're really? not exploring, okay. per se. They're exploring, but it it's, you know, coming second to establishing, planting the flag, and showing everybody how big and tough the English are. Sure, sure. So he's out to actually conquer for England. Right. And he has an invincible right. army of 115 men. Uh, four ships, and absolutely no talent for diplomacy. In 1586, not quite one year after landing, Sir Ralph goes back to England. So his total accomplishment in the Americans has been the building of a (laughs) fort, the increase of tensions between the English and the Carolina Algonquin, and the brutal murder of the Sokotan chief, which was the end of the whole project. So Ralph Lane's colony is clearly a disaster, but... (laughs) For Queen Elizabeth and Walter Raleigh, Lane brings back tobacco, corn, and potatoes. Okay. And he also brings back two native men, Wanchis from the Sakotan people and Manteo, who is Croatan. Okay. Manteo especially is an enormous asset to the English. So in England, he helps the translator Thomas Harriet, who had traveled with the expedition, develop a written alphabet for the Carolina Algonquin language. Okay, that's actually pretty cool. I yeah. wish it had happened under like very different circumstances, but that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's one of the first Native American languages that is translated, I believe, to a phonetic alphabet and a written language. Cool. Uh, later, Manteo is baptized as a Christian and learns to speak fluent English. It's important to recognize that it's Manteo's choice to go with the English. Okay, that was going to be my question. Was yep. he, like, enslaved or not? Okay. No. Okay, it doesn't good. seem like he was coerced very heavily. Manteo okay. was a gifted diplomat. 
Um, he remains <laughs> loyal to songs. his family and his tribe, the Croatans. But he also okay. recognizes that the English have a lot of people and a lot of technology on the other side of the ocean, and they're not that far away. So at this point, you can get a sure. ship across the Atlantic in as little as four weeks if the weather cooperates. Right. Okay. Yep. So at this point, the relations between the English and the Native Americans are very tense. Manteo is one of the very few people who has the ability and the talent to mediate. Okay. So he's there in a way to protect his family, his tribe. Sure. Yeah. Um, he's just an absolutely fascinating character. He actually goes back and forth a couple times. Nice. And has a very interesting life. So with his help, the English make another stab at a colony in 1587. So a year okay. after Ralph Lane leaves. Okay. Now the group that sets out from England in 1587 is around the same size as the first group, but there are some big differences. So the first okay. group is all men. They're mostly military men. But the second group okay. includes 14 families and 17 women, two of them pregnant, God bless, and okay. nine children under 12. Yee. And these are not okay. military people. They're middle-class Londoners. So they're planters sure. and bricklayers by trade. And they're intending to settle and make a living for themselves through agriculture. So this is an actual stab at a colony, not just an overseas military base. It's a little <laughs> bit of column A and column B. Okay, they're not going sure. unarmed. Well, obviously. But their intention is to build houses to... And live. Live not there, to, yeah, to survive yeah. off their own crops. And, okay. you know, eventually, I think a lot of these people are trying to almost improve their social standing. So the other point of this um, settlement is that they're trying to establish the city of Raleigh. So they have a corporate charter. Okay. This is Walter Raleigh's second try at this. And instead of Ralph Lane, <laughs> he chooses John White, who had been with Lane on the first expedition, and John White is going to lead and act as the governor of the whole colony, which, again, they're calling Virginia. Okay. John White has personally persuaded most of these colonists to come along with him on the charter. And he's got his wife along, and one of the pregnant women in the group is his daughter, Eleanor White Dare. Oh. So he has more of a personal investment than Ralph Lane. This is just a very different trip. So he's very careful to follow Manteo's advice on interacting with the native people they meet at their first landing point, which is Roanoke Island. Okay. So John White and his landing party, they're coming off the flagship and they're looking for the 15 men and the fort that Sir Ralph and Sir Richard had left behind. <laughs> okay. There's nobody there. No. No. There isn't. So what they find is one set of human remains, unidentifiable, plus an empty okay. fort in extreme disrepair with fire damage and uh, John White describes it as being overrun by melons and deer. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which sounds great. I mean, yeah. You got your fruit course, you've got your venison. Seems, seems fine. Yeah. So this would be a good time to jump back on the ship and try another island or like go home. Or, or a more hospitable locale yeah yeah, yeah 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 or they could actually like travel up the river and establish the city that raleigh wants but they have a problem okay, okay. so the pilot who's been navigating the flagship simon fernando refuses to let okay. the landing party back on board uh why why does he do that that's so weird isn't it yeah yeah he's a pirate 
Oh, he's got to go down and do some privateering. Can't do that with a bunch of... Can't do it, yeah. So he refuses... He refuses to let the landing party back on the ship, and he makes everybody get off. <laughs> and that is how the colony uh, ends up on Roanoke Island and not another more hospitable place. Okay. All right. So they've only been there for three days when George Howe, who is one of White's closest closest advisors and friends, is killed by native hunters, probably Sakotan, while he's out catching crabs by himself. Okay. And this is a brutal death. He's shot by 16 arrows and then beaten to death and left in a swamp. Jeez. Yeah. And they've only been Did there he... for three days. This is just yeah. not, not a good start. No. So John White had been expecting to have peaceful, friendly relationships with the Sakotans and the Croatans because he needs their help. But yeah. what he fails to recognize is that they are currently at war. And they're fighting over limited resources Uh, because there is an enormous drought going on. It has been going on for months and months. Uh, He and his 115 middle-class Londoners have just been marooned in the middle of it with no way to get home. Jeez. Okay. So that would be bad enough. But he also knows in his heart that these guys are not going to make it through the winter without help. Right? They have no ship. They don't know how to fish. (laughs) There's a lot of violence. There's a drought. Just, they're on an island. There's no food and there's no safety. We're not off to a good start. No. So John White Manteo and goes to Croatan, which is the island okay. where Manteo's family and tribe live. Right. So the Croatans welcome White with a feast, and they agree to supply the colonists with their surplus food supply. Okay. However, they have absolutely no desire to trade with them. They just want to right. promise that the colonists will not attack them. Okay. Because I mean, the memory that's... of the previous yeah. attempt where yeah. the whole village was burned down over a stolen cup that yep. may not have actually been stolen, that yep. kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Sure. So John White agrees, and he thinks everything is settled. But unfortunately, there's still a war and a drought going on. And yep. by the time Eleanor's daughter Virginia is born and christened in mid-August, White had to have been realizing that the colony just isn't going to work. Like, okay. never mind getting through the winter. The long-term ma- success of this is just not. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're just, they're too late in the year to grow corn, which the Croatans could have helped them with. It's yeah. too dry to grow corn. They're all out of deer and melons. Uh, they can't <laughs> fish very well. They can't preserve the food that they do grow or gather. Yeah. So what they're doing right now is draining the Croatans' food supplies. And of course, they can't contribute anything yeah. You know, they're yeah. completely helpless. They're These are bricklayers and tile makers. Like, what are uh, they going to do to help anyone? Can they make bricks and tile? No. No. No, no they, they simply lack all of the resources. God, this is awful. Okay. it's It, it just is a slippery slope of worse and worse. Right. Bad vibes. Bad vibes all Bad around. vibes. Bad yep. vibes coming through on this one. Yeah. And it's not their fault. Well, Except it's their fault that they're there, but it's... I mean, th- would this have been really much different if there hadn't been a war going on? I think if the local politics, local economy, local food supply was a little more stable, they would have had a much easier time, yeah. Okay, all but right. But once right. those strains are put in place, you know, yeah. how can you take care of these helpless strangers who landed in the middle of the night and yep. keep your own family safe, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
The colonists decide to relocate up the river in one of their small little flyboats, and they put Governor okay. White on a passing English privateer to go home and get some more supplies. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so the governor's just like, peace out, guys, I'm leaving? He's leaving his wife, his infant <sighs> granddaughter, his daughter, yeah. and his son-in-law, and his friends. You know, he personally persuaded these people to be here. So the trip back and forth to England is going to take about two months at the fastest. Right. Please remember, he's with a pirate. Yeah. Which is not a guarantee of fast or safe travel. Should we should we talk about the difference between pirates and privateers? To me, they're pretty much the same. Is that not true? Yeah. Privateers have a mark, uh, have a letter of mark from their government that states that they are allowed to attack other governments' ships. Uh, pirates uh, don't have that letter of mark, but either way, it's all piracy. I mean, generally speaking. It's such a fine distinction. <laughs> right? It's okay. My government said this was okay. Yeah. Here's yeah, my yeah. letter. I can, I can attack any Spanish ship I want. Queen Elizabeth said it was fine. John White doesn't want the colonists to wait for him to get back because things are getting pretty touchy. Sure. He understands yeah. that they may have to move on before he can get back. What he asks them to do is carve their destination on a tree or a fence post at the fort if they have to leave before he gets back. And okay. he wants them to add a cross if they're leaving in distress. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay, cool. So at the end of August, the pirates pick him up and off he goes. Sure. It takes him two months just to get across the Atlantic to England, and it's the worst timing possible. So by the time he gets there, the Spanish Armada is massing off the coast of England. And the queen oh. has ordered all ships to stay and fight. Oh, mm -hmm. oh, it's that moment in history. Yep. Okay. It takes okay. White until April of next year to find a ship that can take him back to Roanoke. Oh, my gosh. And in May, they only make it as far as the coast of North Africa, where they get attacked by pirates. So many pirates ah. in this story. So many pirates. Yeah. I was not expecting this many pirates. Yeah. Nobody is. That's how they get you. Ah, Fair. So half the crew is killed, and the supplies that White had intended to take to Roanoke are stolen. <sighs> and he goes back to England and tries again. <laughs> oh, God. His wife and his daughter are sitting on this island. For all he knows, they're starving to death. Yeah, and he can't get back to them with food. He got food. He was on the way back. God, it has this whole this whole part of the story is like an exercise in the worst frustration. Possible. It's like it's like a, it's like a an Odysseus style travel. He he was trying to get back to his wife, but you know stuff kept happening. Sure, I was also <laughs> thinking of Sisyphus trying to roll the boulder up the hill. You know, he gets it a few feet up and then it falls down and squashes him. Sure, sure. Anyway, so when he makes it back to England, it is summer of fifteen eighty seven. Okay. It takes him until fifteen ninety to find another ship willing to take him across the Atlantic. Oh, my God. And again, these are pirates. Okay. This time, he does manage to make it all the way over to the Outer Banks. Okay. He lands on Roanoke exactly three years after his granddaughter, Virginia, was born. Okay. However, the island has been abandoned, and the fort and cottages are abandoned and empty. Sure. No people okay. there. Okay. Now, this is a point where we have a disconnect between what makes a good story and what probably happened. Right. 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 Is this the, the, the mysterious writing and everyone vanished part of the story? 
Well, so in the story that I first heard when I first heard yeah. about this, the colonists have just left. There are warm cups of tea on the tables. Um, yeah, fresh no. footprints in the ground. The harvest is ripening. Very uh, Mary Celeste. Though. Right, right. But 117 people are gone. They've mysteriously vanished. As opposed to... So the only clue that this landing party and Governor White can find is the mysterious word Croatan carved on Just the tree. That mysterious. It's, hey guys, we went to, to the Croatan. White knew exactly what Croatoan meant, and he's relieved to see that whoever carved the word did not add a cross, meaning that they did not leave in distress or after right. some horrible calamity. So there's no dead bodies, burned houses. There's nothing sure. that would yeah, yeah, yeah. an attack. However, right. most of the houses have been dismantled, and the colonists had buried oh. chests of things that were too heavy to carry, including some okay. of White's books and drawings. Okay. And their boats okay. are gone. So that speaks yeah. to a certain level of preparation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The fort had been looted probably several times, but there weren't any signs of violence right. along with the looting. All Governor White has to do is head over to Croatoan and look there. Okay. Right? He knows where his family is. Yeah. They're right across the sound. Uh, why, why are you drawing this out? What, ha what happened? Well, it's late in the day, Greg. And he goes no, back to the come ship on, to man. The night. He's like, I want to be fresh. I want to see everybody, you know, freshly shirted and with a clean shave. Okay. Uh, During the night, a strong wind snaps the anchor cable of the pirate ship, and the pirates refuse to take White any closer to shore. They set sail for England. Wait, they just turned around and left? They can't drop him off. They can't get too close because if they don't have an anchor, they're going to wreck. What? They just don't do it. No. Right? It has to have been devastating. He's been trying to get here for three years. Yes. Just make a, make a, get a rope ladder and go over the side and you bring can. something I'm with you. This water is really dangerous. He can't just jump in. I'm sorry, but it's like, it's, they're right there. You know. Uh, I hate that part, man. I didn't. So, I didn't know that. I didn't know he was like, yeah, my family's right across the. Oh, I. That's it. Yeah. I know where they are. Um, but I'm not gonna see him. Just bitter, bitter disappointment. So he goes back oh to England God. and tries to rally himself for another try. Okay. But he is unable to do so before his death in 1593, three years later. But he spends the rest of his life trying to scrape up the money and the permission to, get back, there. to yeah. get back there because he knows where they are. He knows where yes. his family is. Just so frustrating. Pirates and frustration. Yeah, I hate this. That's what the story this. is about. Pirates and frustration. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, he does not get the kind of royal support that he maybe should have gotten because... Walter Raleigh is not in any hurry to get an answer on where the colonists have gone. Why not? That's because he loses his claim if the settlers are dead. Oh, for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. Can't you just send more settlers? I'm sorry, but... <laughs> it's England. There's an endless supply of settlers. Yeah, come on. You've got the numbers. He loses his claim if he uh. sent people there and nobody is there to hold it. So as long as they're not dead, like provably dead... So he's got Schrodinger settlers right now. Like, if, if nobody goes and checks on them, then right? they're either dead or alive. So and we can't say for sure that they're dead. And we can't say for sure. We won't know until somebody checks on them. But we're not going to send anybody to check on them. Nope. 
That's that's excellent governance right there. That well, is... that's his strategy right up until 1603 when he is okay. arrested for treason. So in 1607, the English establish a colony at Jamestown, and this time it lasts, so they're not without great cost to both the settlers, the yeah. indentured servants, and later the enslaved people that they brought, yeah. and of course the Native Americans that they come into contact with. Yeah. These settlers know about the Roanoke colony, and there are some indications that they asked around about what had happened. Okay. Because they're in kind of the same area. They're within 100 miles. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably where the colonists ended up. And in 1608, colonist John Smith sent a letter to England describing a village that he had heard about from the Powhatans. Mm -hmm. The village is called Anakanahowan, and the people there wear European clothes... They use metal tools, and they build houses with stone walls. And sometimes their children are born with blonde hair and blue or gray eyes. Now, are there any words if their floors are tiled? That would have been the deal breaker. Right. I mean, the clincher. But uh, no. The stone walls are pretty good, and the blonde hair is pretty good, but darn it, do they have mosaic. So the thing is, there are all kinds of architecture within... Native American communities. Yes. And it's possible that he was hearing about people who had albinism. Sure. Yep. And people who and had people a different had style patterned. of architecture. Yeah, exactly. And he, because he was thinking about the lost colony and looking for evidence, that's just what he fixed on. Sure. But this village is never found. Oh, okay. Okay. And nobody ever proves that Schrodinger's colonists are there or not there. Oh, right, because they're still Schrodinger's colonists. Right. So the lost colony probably wasn't lost in the sense that a certain version of kind of Eurocentric history wants us to believe. Right. That kind of like sudden vanishing into the wilderness. They were gobbled up. Right. Yep. They were lost yep. in the sense that they couldn't be found by Europeans, but that's not the same. You know? No. <laughs> it's, it's really not. <laughs> John White knew where they were. He knew yeah. where they had gone, and he knew that they didn't leave in distress. And you have to remember, these are not soldiers. They're tradespeople and families. Yeah, exactly. It's completely possible they were all massacred, and that's the story sure. that European and American history likes, because what better excuse to feel like you belong in a place than to point out that the people who lived here were so uncivilized. They killed 117 yes. nice English men, women, and children for absolutely no reason. Uh, yeah. But it just doesn't fit with the rest of the story. No, it doesn't fit with any part of what we understand of how they were interacting. It, right. Yes, it could have happened, but there's just nothing that backs that up in a more plausible way than they left. They kind of moved in with the Croatons. Like, you know, some of them probably did die. They served sure. or were killed or... Absolutely. I mean, it's not the most hospitable place. It is absolutely right not. Now. And there are significant tensions going on at the time. Absolutely. But to me, you know, obviously they just assimilated. It seems that way. It really does. Some of them, at least. Sure. So there are stories that have been kind of oral history stories that have come down that talk about white children working in the copper mines in Georgia, which okay. is not a distance that would have been impossible for some of the colonists to have gone. Okay. Okay. And there are these kind of intriguing 
hints. So certain tribes do claim that they are descended from the Roanoke colonists. However, the most or the story with the most evidence behind it would be the Hatteras Indians who died out in the 1910s. Okay. I, you know, what's interesting to me is I, I'm wondering if there have ever been any wide ranging DNA. There have. It's so oh, interesting to okay. that. Okay. So here's the problem, okay. Greg. Sure. Nobody is clearly provably descended from the colonists. Okay. Okay. And there are sure. also no remains that have been found right. that are clearly to, the to colonists cross that we match. can take DNA yeah. from. Yep. But that's not to say that, okay, so when people came from England, obviously, yeah. they had living relatives there and they have descendants who are still alive. Mm-hmm. But there's no way to match that to either living people now or remains that have been found. Right. It's just too much time has passed. But yeah, that would be... Very, very interesting. I mean, just just people who who are you know who are of it'd just be interesting. Which would not be, be uncommon. I mean, the, the, we talk no, about the lost colony be. like it's some kind of singular event that never happened before and would never happen again. <laughs> people were shipwrecked <laughs> off these same islands. Like, yeah, all throughout the the fifteenth century. Sure, and died and vanished. You know, right? Did they die, or or did they also get adopted by people who were like, "Oh my God, we found another one of these white folks. Come in, come on." They're not always white folks. There was a slave ship that wrecked off. The whole, to me, the whole idea of expansion. So what the English were trying to do is establish yeah. Englishness on another continent, but that's not possible. You know, North America is not England. It's not France. It's not Spain. Right. All of those cultures get changed when they come here. The languages change. Yes. You know, the people change. Yep. And it's just fascinating to me that we have so many instances of those that will probably never be known because there's no evidence and there's no kind of record keeping the way there is with Roanoke Island. Right. Right. Yeah. It's fascinating and intriguing. And I think that's even more of a better mystery than where did they go? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is the story of the disappearing colony of Roanoke Island. Well, quite the ride. I I So many I, pirates, right? You weren't expecting all those pirates. There were there were there were more pirates than I thought there were. I am be. never yeah. having pirates drop my kids off at daycare ever again. No. They cannot no, be trusted. Unreliable. Unreliable transportation. Absolutely. Uh, We here at Relative Disasters do fact-check our stories in an effort to give you the best disaster experience possible. If you'd like to read more about our sources, a more complete bibliography is available in our show notes. If we got anything wrong, please let us know. You can do that by emailing us at relative.disasters at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to share some insights we missed or just shame us publicly. And you know you do. Why not use our Instagram at relative.disasters, where we are holding steady at 149 followers. Do you want to be the 150th? (laughs) It's going to make me feel like we've leveled up. (laughs) Ah, I see. I see. Well, and uh, this episode has been brought to you by our lovely patrons over on Patreon. Uh, If you'd like to become a patron on Patreon, you can always come over and Stop by and say hi and drop a couple dollars into the bucket. We are at Relative Disasters Podcast on Patreon. 
And this episode was brought to you by uh, our patrons, Sarah. Sarah! Uh, who you may know as the person who answered Alexander Graham Bell's first phone call with new phone who dis. Ooh, Sarah. And Georgia. Georgia! Who once high-fived a mantis shrimp at a depth of 49 fathoms. Nice. We love a high-five. We, we love, love a, a happy fathom. shrimp. Mm-hmm. We love a fathom. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much so. for your patronage, and thank you for keeping us ad-free. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Relative Disasters. We hope you've enjoyed the story and the discussion, and please join us next time for another strange, dangerous, and interesting event from history. My brother has selected our next disaster. You always scare me. I'm sorry. I never know what's coming, and it's always so much worse than I, no. I think it will be. I, I, it's so much more interesting than you think it might be. Yes, or that. Uh, what's okay. it going to be? Well, in keeping of my little mini theme of, of doing sports stories, so oh the last uh, my last story was the Nika riots, and this mm-hmm. next one, we are going to talk about a boxing match Okay. that was not only illegal, but it was so blatantly rigged that it destroyed the reputation of who may have been America's most famous lawman. We will be talking about the infamous Fitzsimmons v. Sharkey boxing match. Uh, that sounds intriguing. How can a boxing match be a disaster? Don't tell me. I'll find out. All right, looking forward to it. <laughs> All right.